Hello, Minnesota boxing fans. Welcome to the Minnesota Fight Night podcast. My name is Brian Johnson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Strauss. In this special edition of the podcast, I'm joined by Paul Langfellow as we interview Minnesota boxer Jamal Shango James. Last Friday, Paul and I chatted with James about his August 8th bout with Thomas DeLorme for the WBA interim welterweight title. No fans are allowed in the arena due to the pandemic, but the fight will be televised live on Fox. I hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah you too, you too, man. What's going on? Well, uh, how's, how's training going up there? You're up in Barnum, right? Is that correct? Yep, yep. We up here in Barnum at our training camp. Training has been going extremely well. Uh, we uh cooling it down now and just kind of maintaining weight, you know, and uh, we're fully prepared to get this fight and get this belt now. A little easier to do your social distancing there in Barnum. Not as many. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they got a lot of different stipulations uh, for this fight, you know, so uh, the two weeks leading up to the fight, you got to be quarantined. You can't be in contact with anybody outside of the people that's going to be in your corner. It's a really strict process. So being up here was, you know, uh, the best because, like you said, it's easier to kind of be, you know, distant and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so really. Oh, sorry. Uh, so the last time you were in the ring for an actual bot was almost a year ago. Um, I yeah. mean, how, how are you feeling about that? right now since it's been you know such a long layoff since the last I'm time. just happy to be getting back in there man you know especially with everything going on I'm happy to be getting this opportunity finally uh and I'm just looking forward to the fight now you know what I mean um that's about it there you go how different has it been um with with the whole COVID thing how has that uh, impacted your training um or just your preparation for this fight overall, either you know, from a mental or physical standpoint, it's it's got to be hard because I know they're supposed to have this fight in April at the Armory, and um, so a lot of things have changed since then, obviously. But um, how are you approaching this? I think you know the whole process was just kind of crazy, you know, the getting laid off, getting it, you know, rescheduled, and dealing with the whole uh, COVID pandemic as well as you know, a lot of the protests and riots that happened right after, you know, uh, George Floyd's death and stuff like that. So it's definitely been a journey. Um, but, you know, I've always trained because I just grew up doing that. I grew up taught that. So, you know, staying in shape and training. And then once we came up here, you know, this is an extremely small town. It's very easy to just focus on, you know, training and, and uh fight coming up so it hasn't been too too hard for me um and again i'm just glad to be finally getting the opportunity and i'm gonna take advantage of it mm -hmm. um so i know you just had a birthday recently um and we know that you know boxers kind of have a limited age range i guess you could say for fighting uh what's your thoughts on that uh, yeah, man, I'm trying to take every opportunity and advantage of the time I still have in this career um, 
Sorry, we got something cooking in the back. But uh, I obviously know that this isn't no long-term career path. So, you know, uh, right now I'm going for broke in every fight I get and every opportunity that I get. And when I feel like, you know, the aches and pains are starting to linger longer than they used to or that it's getting, you know, uh, uh, a little harder to train or my reflexes slowing down or anything like that. And then I'll talk to my my family, which is my corner people and coaches and, and you know, see, you know, if this is something we want to continue or if it's something we want to start, you know, bowing out from. But as of right now, I'm feeling extremely healthy. I'm in my prime still, feeling you know, well and fit and able. So I'm going to keep, you know, I'm going to keep handling business in this ring. Did you have anything, Brian? Well, you know, um, one thing I have to say about that, just having watched your career and followed your career, you, you're a very skilled fighter and you, you don't you're very skilled defensively and you don't take a lot of shots like some of the other guys have. So I think that maybe lends itself to a longer career and just exactly. So, um, exactly. So what are your thoughts on boxing in front of like a TV audience only? Cause I know obviously the fight's going to be, um, it's not going to be a live audience, but just a TV audience. What are your thoughts on that? I think it'll be, I think, you know, me personally, I think it's going to make for an extremely uh, fan friendly fight because it's basically going to be like a, an advanced sparring match. I feel like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's not a lot of white noise. It's not a lot of crowd, not to say that I don't love, you know, the audience and that it doesn't bring something different, you know, when you do fight. But, there's, you know, when there is an audience, especially if you're fighting at home, there's a little bit of added pressure and that can make you fight better or it can make you fight worse sometimes, depending on who you are as a fighter and how you're able to deal with that pressure. So, you know, since there is no, you know, physical audience, I think, at least for myself, I'll be able to focus a lot more on what I'm doing and I'll be able to hear my corner a lot better, you know, as they're giving me instructions while I'm in the fight, you know. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see, though. You know, time will tell. We'll see what happens and we'll see how, you know, how it affects, you know, the performance. But I personally think that it'll still make for, you know, a really great fight. Well, just just to follow up on that point a little bit, sometimes, you know, I, I know you can do a lot of things in the ring. You, you have a lot of skills, but you can also, you can also punch and, uh, you know, slug it out if you have to. Um, does the fact that there aren't any fans in the arena, does that maybe change your approach at all in terms of, you know, maybe when you hear the fans, you just want to give them a good show and go for the knockout or something. Um, did, did yeah, maybe. Maybe I, you know, I try to be, you know, I try to keep my ear open for my corner. You know, that's what we're taught. I saw I was trained. Um, I usually, you know, to be honest, I, I really don't hear the crowd too clear. Like you can hear them, but you hear them kind of as white noise. You know what I mean? So when the punches start flying, if you, you have to really zone in and focus on your opponent and what you're doing. You got to keep a sharp ear out uh, from for what your corner is yelling to you. With uh, with the crowd though, if you you know are winning and you get a good shot in and you hear the ooh from the crowd and 
the chance and stuff, it kind of makes you, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and, and do things. Or if you get hit and you're getting, you know, uh, in the corner or you're locked in the corner and a guy's letting loose on you or something, it makes you kind of want to bite down and fight back and slug back a little bit because, you know, the crowd, because it feels like you're to the crowd that you might be losing the fight, you know. So it does sway you a little bit that way as far as, you know, your thought process, you know, in the heat of battle. But since that won't be there, you know, uh, again, I think we'll be able to think a lot quicker and clearer and be able to hear what the corner is telling us a lot better. And we will react off that instead of crowd reaction. Um, so obviously I know you get a lot of energy from, you know, fighting in front of a hometown crowd. Um, I mean, how does it feel representing Minnesota, uh, you know, your city, your community uh, for a title fight? It feels good, man. I've been asking for a title fight for a long time. I've been in the pro game for a long time. I felt like it's, you know, an opportunity that is well overdue, but it's here now. Uh, so I'm going to take advantage of it, man. And my number one goal right now is to, you know, secure this belt and bring it back to Minnesota. And then, you know, keep climbing from there. Well, and I, I, I know you don't want to look past this fight or anything, but how cool would it be to return to the Army someday and, and, and defend a, a world title? Oh, man, that would be awesome. You know, that's the that's the goal right there. That will be uh, perfect. You know, the Armory has been a second home to me. It's really brought boxing back on a large scale in Minnesota, but not even just locally, you know, nation and worldwide. You know, we've had some some – world-class fights in the armory um, and I'm just happy to be a part of that like I've said in none of the interviews you know it feels extremely good to be a part of that history and to be a name that actually uh, brought that brought boxing back in a large way back to Minnesota as well as made it kind of uh, stable for boxing you know uh, around the nation and the world. Um, so you know. What, what do you know about your opponent, Thomas Dulorme, and I guess you could say his fighting style? Uh, you know, he got two arms and two legs, likes to throw punches, can be quick, and if you get hit, it might hurt you. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, at this level, all these guys are good. You know what I mean? When you're competing at this level, all these guys are good. If you let them hit you with a good shot, They'll hurt you. You know, those gloves are extremely small. So you just got to be on your A game. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses. Um, but, you know, again, you don't want to predict anything until you actually get in there with somebody. Because if you predict that, you know, oh, they're only strong with, you know, let's say a left hook or something, but they've been training on throwing that right uppercut or that right hook for this fight, and you get in there keeping, you know, thinking that the guy's going to hit you with the left hook. So you prepare for the left hook and all of a sudden you get hit with a right hand that you wasn't prepared for, you know? So you really got to kind of prepare for everything when you take in a fight. That's what anybody, at least that's how I look at it. And then once you get in there, then you start to notice habits that they might have. And when you notice those habits, then you have to, you know, it's your job to take advantage of it and, and you know, beat them. Mm hmm what, what can you say about, I know your uh, your buddy David Morell is fighting for a world title here too. Yeah. Card. Um, 
pretty exciting to have two Minnesotans fighting for a world title on national TV on, on the same card. I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? Um, oh man, that's awesome, man. That's my Cuban brother right there. He's been up here this whole time with me, training extremely hard, you know. So everything I've been going through, he's been going through. Um, and this guy is ready, you know. He's ready. He's he got so much skill, you know. My prediction is we both are going to come back to Minnesota with belts. You know what I mean? But we we're ready now, and time is going to tell what's going to happen. But I feel extremely confident. I know he feels extremely confident, and I'm grateful and extremely happy that we both can be on the same card, coming out of the same gym, out of the same city, same state, and you know, God willing, be able to bring you know two titles back. Mm. Um, th this may have already been asked, but maybe I'll ask it again. Um, so how exactly has the been, you know, how has the training been going since uh, COVID? I mean, has there been any like differences you've made in your training since that's happened or, you know, things you're doing now that you may not have done previously with your training? Not so much. The only difference is, you know, you're not training with a huge group of people. You know what I mean? You're not training in a, in a packed gym and stuff like that. That's pretty much the only difference. So as far as like, you know, the workouts that we're doing in the regiments and stuff like that, that was just, that's still maintained. You know what I mean? That was still, that still happened and everything else. Um, uh, prior to the pandemic, we were able to fly in sparring partners and get some work from, you know, just to get a different look. So obviously when, when the pandemic happened, uh, or when we got back to training after the pandemic happened, you know, we just had to work with our guys in house for for sparring and stuff like that. But that was pretty much the only difference. And you know, the guys, you know, that are coming out of our stable are extremely skilled fighters and world class level fighters. If you ask me, they just haven't had the opportunities that I've had yet. Okay. <clears throat> well. Um... You know, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. You touched on this uh, a, a little bit, but just, uh, um, you know, your commitment to your community, to your neighborhood is, is very impressive. And in the wake of the George Floyd tragedy, I know you and, and your, your COD um, teammates have been out there um, doing food drives and things of that nature. Um, you really walk the walk when it comes to um, being part of the community and um, I wonder if you could just touch on that a little bit and, you know, how important that is um, to you and your... Yeah, man, that's extremely important to me. The Circle of Discipline organization that I was raised in, that I train out of now and that I volunteer at, is that's, that's one of our main principles is that, you know, you have to give back and make positive change within yourself, within your family, and within your community. You know what I mean? I was a young kid. I looked up to a lot of the older guys in the gym, and they took the time out to teach me not only how to box and train, but life lessons that I was able to utilize as I grew. And that kept me on a, on a more progressive and positive path, you know? And one of my goals that I vow to myself is to use the success that I get from boxing and to use that platform in order to make a positive change, not only within myself and family, but within my community. You know what I mean? Um, and 
you need, especially now, you know, especially in these times, there's so much things going on right now that really could be, you know, end up being, uh, you know, disastrous, disastrous times, you know, if, if it ain't for, you know, people taking positive, healthy stands and looking for a positive, peaceful change. Um, and what I want to do is use my platform to be able to bring awareness to some of the, to some of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, movements that I feel deeply about that are going on right now to come up with a positive solution, you know, for the problems that these movements are facing. And I would like to be a part of that. I would like that to be, you know, something that is also remembered with my name, not just somebody who, you know, could fight good and won the title and this and that, but also somebody who's, you know, stood on his beliefs and took the time out to, you know, make a positive change outside of the ring in this community. And I think that's what's really important. And it inspires others to do the same, you know what I mean? We were always taught that you lead by example. So, you know, if these young men and women that I work with at the circle, if they see me doing this, and as they get older and as they get a certain position in their life or a platform in their life, hopefully that what I did will inspire them to do the same, if not better and more than me. Um, here's something. What is, what is your energy level going into this fight now? Oh man, I'm like super duper prepared, man. We've been training so hard, you know, for so long, you know, all the way, you know, before April, because that's when we were originally supposed to, you know, get in there. So we had started way before April. Then, you know, we toned it back because the pandemic hit. So we didn't know when we were going to be back on stage again. But then once we got the call that they were looking for dates and stuff like that, you know, we started picking it back up. And I've never, I never stopped training through this whole time. I just toned it down a little bit, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to, you can overtrain sometimes if you go too hard for too long. So we toned it down and we picked it back up when it was needed. I'm in the best shape of my life right now, you know. Like I said before, I've been asking for a title shot and now it's finally here. So... I'm going to leave everything in that ring. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to uh, leave out of that ring thinking about what I could have did or what I should have did or if I had to train better or whatever else. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave there with no excuses. So if I lose a draw, you know, at least everybody know that I put everything in there and I did my best. And I'm feeling good and confident and ready. Well, I know we, we go back a long ways. I think the first time I interviewed you was at the COD back in 2007, 2008, when you were still an amateur. And um, even at that time, did you see yourself being in a position maybe to buy for a world title at some point? How does that feel now to be on the cusp of that? Man, you know, I always told myself that I could do it. You know what I mean? And I kept the belief that I could do it, you know, but it feels extremely good. And uh, I don't even know how to explain it to know that I actually was able to achieve it. You know what I mean? It's one thing in believing in something that you can do and, and pushing towards a goal and trying to get it done. And there's another thing on actually, you know, getting the opportunity and then achieving it. You know what I mean? So I'm not celebrating too quick yet because this is just the opportunity. So first I'm going to go in here, you know, get this victory over the Lorme and then, you know, secure the belt. And once I've done that, then 
I know it's just, you know, the, the, the success is going to be that much sweeter because it's been a long journey. It's been a long time coming. And so to finally be able to get the opportunity and then take advantage of it, it's going to be excellent. Um, and is that what you're most excited about with this fight? Or Yeah, man. I mean, I, this is something that I've talked about now and I've trained for ever since I was a kid. You know what I mean? I originally wanted to do the Olympics first, but I felt like I kept getting the short straw every time, you know, tournaments and stuff came around. I would felt like I would beat, you know, some of these competitors and they would still get the win and stuff. And it was very discouraging to me as an amateur. So, you know, it came to the point that I just wanted to, you know, turn pro because after the Olympics, that's when I originally wanted to turn pro. Uh, and then, you know, the ultimate goal was to be a world champion. So now being on the cusp of that, uh, like I said before, you know, I'm just extremely motivated and ready to take advantage of the opportunity. You know, I don't want to say that I'm, you know, happy and celebrating because I ain't the world champion yet. You know, you never, you know, celebrate celebrate your, your, your reward before you get it. So we got to go in here and get it first. But I know I'm going to handle business. And I'm going to make sure I retain this title once I get this. And, you know, and then I'll be able to better explain, you know, that, that feeling. <laughs> well, I know, I know in your amateur days, you proved that you could more than hold your own with the likes of Danny Garcia and other guys that you fought who are um, very successful now as pros. So that's got to give you some confidence too, I'm sure. Just, you know, not to mention your resume as a pro. <laughs> So, yeah, very man, you know, I'm very confident in my skills. I train hard. You know, I train extremely hard. I've been doing this. So I'm very confident in my skills, you know, and I have a different type of mindset. You know, I'm not worried about, you know, winning all the time. I'm more worried about performing to the best of my ability. You know what I mean? If I perform to the best of my ability and I've listened to my corner and was able to, you know, uh, follow through with the instructions they give me 9.99 times out of 10, I'm going to be victorious anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, so my main goal is is being able to perform the best to my ability in a fight and give the fans everything they want and deserve. Uh, and, you know, like I said, when you do it like that, you'll never really lose. Mm -hmm. Um. Brian, I didn't have any other questions. Did you have anything else? No, I think we covered it. Other than, did you have any final thoughts for your fans in Minnesota who will be tuning in on um, Saturday night? And um, just, I'm sure they'll be there with you in spirit, if not in person. So. Yeah, man, I just want to thank everybody uh, for supporting me and following me through this whole journey. Please continue to do so, you know. Um, Get your friends, get your family, you know, follow me on all my social media sites, you know, uh, Shango Nation on Facebook and IG and Twitter and all that good stuff and TikTok. I got, you can go to ShangoNation.com. I'm still updating that uh, website, but that'll be updated very soon. And also check in on the Circle of Discipline. CircleofDiscipline.org is the website. So if you want to know the things that I'm doing outside of boxing, you know, as far as, you know, uh, community outreach type projects and stuff like that, you can find all that stuff on the circleofdiscipline.org. Or if you want to get involved and volunteer or, or donate, uh, all that stuff will be available on that website. 
I'm just grateful and appreciative of everybody who's been supporting and, you know, just well wishing me through this journey. And I'm going I'm to take advantage of it. I ain't going to let y'all down. All right. Yeah. Thank thanks, you, Sam. Y'all. Good luck. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate yeah. y'all having me. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, you good too. To see you again. See ya. Take care.